Hey guys, this is Jeff Benning. Absolute pleasure to be here on the Punch Podcast. Hi, I'm Sky Nicholson. Hey, I'm Nikita Zoo. Hey, this is Eddie Hearn. G'day, this is Jason Maloney. I'm Phil. This is Shotgun Tando Connell. On the Punch Podcast. Yeah, welcome to it, episode 31 with Jaden, the Punch Podcast. Here it is, and we're rolling out the red carpet today. Because it's fight week, it's a special week for boxing in this country. Not only do we have Paro and Jarvis on Saturday night, which we will speak to our guest about later on in the podcast today, but the big one, the reason why he is here today is to talk all things Devin Haney versus George Cambosis, the rematch. Sunday afternoon, Rod Laver Arena is going to be rocking. There is some really, really good fights on the undercard as well, but the main event's going to be something special. So for you today, I thought I can't just do an average podcast. I can't just get here and tell you what I think or what it's going to be. Let's just get on one of the champs. So I thought maybe I'll get a two-times world champion, any of those available. Happen to find one. I thought maybe they host a podcast as well. Turns out, the Portaway podcast, which you can get on Apple and Spotify and obviously on YouTube, they film it, it looks great. That's there. That could only lead us to one man, right? We're firing up the satellite. We're flying into the US, touching down in Vegas for Showtime. Sean Porter, welcome to the Punch Podcast. You found me. I found you. I checked the pokies <laughs> at the MGM Grand. You weren't there, so I had to send someone out yeah. to your house, and here you are. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Have you been Good. to Australia? Not once. Can we change it? I intended to come over for Haney Cambosis 2. Yeah. It's going to be a better fight. It's going to be exciting. I wanted to come over there with my podcast and cover it and all that good stuff, the Portaway podcast. And um, they make this fight the same night as Big... Deontay Wilder's fighting his first comeback fight since uh, Tyson Fury, I think, last year. So, you know, kind of is what it is. I'll get over there eventually. Well, that's the plan. Look, you're, uh, you're a yeah. busy man. You've been doing a bit with the zone. They're working here now, too. So maybe there's something there that we can see you touch down. You did mention Cambosis Haney. It's not far away, is it? Haney Cambosis, too. And uh, look, well, there's not much to hear from George. But uh, I've seen him, and how are you feeling uh, with his silence? Um, I, you know, the funny thing, even with me doing a podcast, I don't stay in tune too much with what's going on in social media. My podcast, it's not a reporting podcast, so we kind of, we pretty much just talk about what's going to happen, and then of course what happened, how and why, all those things. So uh, I do remember the first fight; he was very loud. I think he's a very loud guy, and by nature, uh, Cambosis, that is. And so I think with them being quiet, it's two things. I think number one, I think he's humbled himself. But then number two, you got to understand like, hey, what energy are you really putting into being quiet the way that you are? If you by nature are a boastful, loud guy, what energy are you taking away from the fight, away from training to put into let me be quiet, let me be calm, let me be as silent as possible? It's going to take a whole lot of energy for him to do that because that's just not who he is by nature. And so when he gets in the ring on fight night, I'm just hoping that he kind of comes back to who he really is and performs the way that he can perform. I expect him to, to fight much harder, much stronger, and be much better than he did the first fight. And it's interesting you say that because that's sort of what I've been thinking because he's going, I'm going back to the way I was before Lopez, but before Lopez, he was like a rabid dog, like trying to kill Lopez and his family. So so, yeah. so he wasn't silent. Obviously, he had yeah. he, he was the underdog, but this time he yeah. is again. That, that, that lines up, but... But like you said, that's a great point, not his attitude. It is a different George Cambosis Jr. that we are seeing this time around. And he does seem yeah, you like can't, he wants to get it done. You just you there's things that you can change and things that you can't change. You can 
work on somebody's foot movement, their footwork, you can improve that. You can improve the way somebody fights. You can even improve the way somebody's able to think in the ring. If you're a coach and can really expose your fighter to being able to become, manage the fight and think in the ring. But one thing you cannot change, especially not in the instance of a snap of a finger, is someone's personality and who they are. Yeah. Cambosis is loud outside of the ring. He's very fun outside of the ring. He's very boastful outside of the ring. And then who is he in the ring? He's explosive. He's exciting to watch. And he's fun. So if you're taking all of that away from you outside of the ring to show everybody a certain person, what are you going to do when you get in the ring? You can't just automatically flip that switch and just become all of, all of a sudden I want to be exciting, even though I've held this back for six to eight months, you know, so. I think it's going to work against him in some respects, but I, I'm hoping that he can, you know, kind of flip that switch and and be the mean, nasty, fun, entertaining guy that he's been. Um, that you know that I'd even seen before, uh, before he fought Lopez. I I didn't have him beating Lopez, but I thought that he was going to put on a, a a great performance and it was going to be a great night. Ended up being a really great night for him. So. Yeah, yeah, and that first round knockdown of Lopez obviously um, changed the, the the game completely for him or the whole fight. So it might be something that he needs to do with Haney is at least to show him that look, this ain't a jab fest again. And I don't think that sticking out the left, <laughs> your left hand's going to win. He, he can't win a jab fest against Devin Haney, and I think he learned that. I don't think he was that was necessarily the game plan. I think that he just couldn't adjust to the speed and the movement of Haney. And um, I think it was just a hard night for him. And I think that, uh, you know, when you kind of come back around to to the next one, I think that he's going to be more prepared uh, on Saturday night. How do you think Devin beats George Cambosis in this fight, if that's that's the way it goes? Well, the funny thing about Devin is he's a a really well-rounded boxer. He's counterpuncher by nature, but he can be first if he needs to. He's explosive, but he's kind of only explosive when a guy on the counter punch, it's much more explosive on the counter punch than he is leading off. And so if Cambosis is much more aggressive, which I expect him to be, I think that works into uh, Haney's favor because that's his rhythm. His rhythm is come get me, take this. I made you miss, take this. And so I think it's going to be up to Cambosis to have really good condition for this fight and be able to, to throw Three to five punch combinations is much harder to counterpunch somebody when they're throwing three and four or five punch combinations, especially if they're touching you. So I expect Dave, Devin Haney to be even sharper. I expect more counterpunching from Devin because I expect Cambosis to be uh, even more aggressive. And uh, I think uh, I think Devin Haney gets away with another decision. It's going to be a tough one to go anything else but the distance. I don't see it stopping before the 12 rounds, but look... Yeah. The only person, what, Linares is the only one to really wobble the knees of Devin Haney at the moment that we know of. And yeah. um, I reckon if there was another 20 seconds in that round, it might have uh, been all she wrote. But that's the yeah. only way that George is probably going to be able to get it done, right, is to just land a super clean right and throw out what they might call the uh, Tiafimo Lopez over right hand. If he can get one, it's 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 what he's going to go looking for, I'd suggest. Would you? Yeah, I think that Cambosis can win the decision. But I think he has to control the fight from the opening bell. I think he has to be aggressive from the opening bell. And I think that if he doesn't allow Devin Haney to get comfortable, Devin will not, he won't find his timing. He won't find his rhythm. I think Ken Bosis can't win a decision. A lot like, but it would have to look a lot like he 
the fight with Lopez, I, I think. Yeah, I don't know too much about this side of it, but I did see that George and his father put a lot of work into getting a different referee and getting uh, someone there that's going to let the fight flow. Because I think they said something like 59 times. I could be one or two out, but 59 times Devin held him in the last fight. So he definitely doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, that's always a thing too. When you can uh, identify everything that went wrong in the fight and maybe there's uh, other things outside of our camp that we can change. If we can change and get a a, a, a ref that's going to allow us to really fight and allow me to rough up Devin Haney, mm-hmm. let me find that ref, you know? So I think that, that that works in their favor as well, getting a different referee. I I, I wouldn't imagine that we're going to have the same referee anyway, but it, it, would, it won't hurt to, to get a new referee. Is it hard to have those calls when you are officially now the B-side? Because the other side needs to approve it too. So as if you're doing things that are in your favor, is it a hard one to get across the line, would you suggest? You know what? I'm personally not sure because we never really – we never complained about anything. We never uh, worried about anything. My dad's – his understanding was as long as we're on point, nothing can go wrong, you know. So sometimes um, fighters may read into other situations and they become excuses more than anything, but – Again, I don't think it would hurt Cambosis to voice the understanding that they want a new referee. If Devin wants the same exact referee, I think then it becomes maybe it gets a little bit more intricate where, you know, the uh, commission gets involved and all those other things as well. So um, I think it's it, it'll work out for Cambosis, though. I think it's going to be great because the first fight, I'm not sure if you're aware of the arenas we have here in Australia, but Marvel Stadium is a full-blown stadium. So it was massive, like 50,000 capacity, where this yeah. one is like 13, 14. So yeah. I, I think the more controlled environment will help George because he really wanted to cement himself as an Australian boxer in the, sure. in the in the public eye here, which can be a little less. Sure. Was the other one in Melbourne? Yeah, they're both in Melbourne. So the great thing about oh, okay. George is heart and soul Sydney. And a lot of people have gone, well, why wasn't it in Sydney? But the Victorian government are really good at buying entertainment. So the uh-huh. Victorian government would have put in a, a substantial financial push to have the fight won and the rematch too as part of the deal. Yeah. So uh, it would have been great to have him fight in Sydney and hopefully he can get a victory to be able to do that again. It'd be awesome to have him back home. But look, it's only an hour away on the plane. It's not New York to LA or anything like that. So it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. But last time they were here, it was freezing cold. It was the middle of winter. So it would have been like one degree. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's ice. Um, but now it's a bit warmer. Damn. Creeping into summer. Yeah. It's yeah. That time. definitely makes a, a big difference uh, in terms of your energy going into the ring. You know, yeah. you, uh, you got sunny skies, good days. You feel great. You know? yeah. Do you see Devin Haney on a decision for that one? I see Devin Haney winning another decision. I think that there's going to be some adversity in this fight for, for Devin. And I see him fighting through the adversity. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if it does go the way it went previously, where George's mind goes to around round six or seven, when he knows that oh, we're in the same boat again here. I'm just going to throw hammer and tong at it because there's, there's no point if he's thinking like that. So it'll be interesting to see where the judges put it too. Cambosis has to be a realistic and understand that I can't have that kind of mindset. I don't think he necessarily had that mindset, at least definitely not that early. I just I think that things weren't clicking for him. And you could see the moments right there in front of you where he was just taking his foot off of the gas pedal and then trying to put it back on. And, you know, you could see the, the deceleration and the acceleration. And there wasn't much acceleration. I think that that's why... Everyone got the impression, oh, he's just letting this one go because he has the rematch clause. I don't really think that was the case. I really believe that this fight 
from the first round to the last round, Ken Bose is going to fight really, really hard. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So make sure you're watching. And uh, look, while we got you, it'd be uh, missed me to not speak about Tim Zhu and Jamel Charlo, which is coming up in the new year. This is one that I know yeah, the Portaway podcast was across uh, last time Tim Zhu fought Terrell Gachet. You guys were right there. You were right across it and reporting on it accordingly. And and look, it'd be interesting to see what you think. Can Tim beat Jamel Charlo? Um. I like the aggression that Tim has. I like the boxing ability that he has. I think that he lacks a little defense, especially after he punches. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's right in line with who Charlo is. He's a guy that he'll he'll jab, but he's not going to do much more than jab. But as soon as you come at him, he's got a big right hand for you. He's got a really good counter left hook for you. And I think that Tim Zhu really works into Charlo's hands. So okay. it be interesting to see. Uh, we, we know that, that Tim can punch too. So I think that that's what makes this fight really interesting is that, you know, Tim is just as big as Charlo and can punch as well. As they say, styles make fights and Tim's style suits Charlo. So where does that fight happen at? That happens in Vegas, so uh, just down the road from you. So I might need to bunk on your lounge or something like that if that's cool. Um, <laughs> no, okay, no, okay, I'll get a hotel. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, but that's fine. Look, it's uh, happening <laughs> end of January in Vegas. Uh, I'd suggest it's the MGM, but they haven't confirmed that yet. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a good one. Um, look, I, one good thing that I think, and this is where I don't think, unless you really know Tim's back history the Terrell Gachet fight he's been judged a lot off that was his best and I don't think that was his best performance however a good fighter can take you away from your best performance so I understand that level of it the Terrell Gachet guard was just (laughs) was something else his forearms must be abnormally long or something (laughs) they are are different but look I, I don't think Tim was at his hundred percent and I think Charlo might be planning for a Terrell Gachet Tim Zoo, which might give him a bit more hope. Good part about that is um, they have Derek James out there in Texas working with the Charlo brothers and their whole team, Errol Smith Jr., all those guys. And Derek always prepares for the best. He doesn't prepare for the worst. That being said, I think it's just up to Tim to come in the ring and do something that they aren't expecting. If you are a straight up and down, straight ahead boxer, that works right in line with what the Charlo brother is, is what he can fight against. Um, they have trouble with guys who can kind of pivot, turn, use the entire ring. So um, hopefully Tim's got a little wrinkle in his game and, you know, they, they come prepare for a, a really good hard fight. I wouldn't put it past him to win the fight. I just, you know, I look at the experience and I look at the fact that you haven't been stopped. When you haven't been stopped, it's really hard for someone to kind of convince you that you can be stopped. And what I mean by that is one defeat, Charlo, you know, especially coming off of that big fight about uh, against uh, Castaño is just, you know, it's going to be hard. Yeah, someone said to me the other day on this podcast, Dennis Hogan, who fought Jamal Charlo, he mentioned on this podcast, which I thought was a great point, he said, Jamel's better in a rematch, so get it done the first time. He's like, once he <laughs> figures you out, he, he he's a lot better, like we saw with Castanio as well. So he, he didn't uh, look like he was in too much of a, a problem against him, but the first fight yeah. could have probably went either way. So is that something that you've picked up on? Does that make sense to you? Well, it makes sense to me. Um, I think uh, some guys, they get in the ring and things just don't click for them and it's hard for them to make adjustments. They get a second shot at it and you know every adjustment to make. They've had time to make those adjustments. They come to the ring much more improved, you know. So, again, like I said, if Tim and his team can come to the ring with a wrinkle that 
Charlo and, and his team isn't expecting, it'll be hard for Charlo to make a, a, a end game adjustment is what we call them, you know? So come to the ring with a wrinkle, whether that's stepping off to the side, whether that's making feigning Charlo, making him be first. He's, he's, he's much better off of the counter punch than he is, you know, leading off with ones and one twos and, you know, double jabs and right hands, things of that nature. So I would encourage Tim to come to the ring with the wrinkle, come with something different that they aren't expecting. It'll be hard for Charlo to make an end game adjustment and that might lead them to success. Yeah. One thing that I'm looking forward to to seeing fight in Vegas is you mentioned earlier with the Cambosis Haney, uh, the, the freezing cold and whatever else. Like last time he fought at the armory in Minneapolis, it was like minus, it was snow. He couldn't do any road work. It was just, mm-hmm. so, and he just come from a, a camp in Vegas. So hot to cold as he wasn't feeling the best. So maybe he said he's getting over six weeks early or something. So yeah. if he, if he starts getting into there and getting it happening. Yeah, yeah. And it's really hard to travel and fight right after travel, especially when you travel into a different climate. You know, yeah. if you are training in the, in the, in the cold, once you get to the cold, there's no shock to the body, you know? So you just, you get over here much sooner and there's no shocks to the body, whether that's hot or cold or, or, or cold. So I think that's a good move for the team. Yeah, that'd be really good. And look, we look forward to uh, seeing you touching down in Australia. Maybe uh, come over, do a few sprints along Bondi Beach. No, I like the beach. I don't do sprints. I don't do sprints. I'll go for a walk. I'm retired. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I can tell the uh, whole interview you've been having a few cashews or something here. Just relaxing. Yeah. 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 Just relaxing, man. Um, That's how I do it nowadays. I stay busy through the day and in between time, I, I just relax and enjoy life. Matchroom Boxing have got their first show here in Australia this weekend too. I'm not sure if you've crossed that one or seen it. Do you know Liam Paro or Brock Jarvis? Have you heard those names before? Are you across them? Yeah. No, no, yeah. I did. I do know that Matchroom had a has a a show this weekend, but I, I didn't. I'm, I'm not familiar. Yeah, so Brock's Jeff Fenix protege, who is also a certified weapon. And um, Liam Paro <laughs> has uh, spent a lot of his time training in Vegas. Uh, he's a 22 and 0. I'm going to say. Uh, and uh, he is number one, number two in the world. Him and TL at 140 now could be the next one, depending on how things go. So, yeah, he very exciting prospect for Australia and someone who can definitely get it done. So it'll be interesting to see because this is Brock's first fight at 140. He's been through eight weight divisions already. <laughs> he's, mm. he's, he's just – his body is just blowing up. So – Oh, wow. It'll be interesting because it's for an, uh, a global belt, so it depends where they land in the rankings. It could just catapult Brock straight into those top spots, but hopefully he's someone that you get to see soon. And um, yeah, Who's very, the favorite there? Is it sounds like Brock. Well, the favorite is Lamparo because he's established okay, a 140. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's the favorite, mm-hmm. uh, but Brock's a certified underdog that is trained by Jeff Fennick, and he's, he's very, very good. It's good to see Eddie's cruising around in T-shirt and shorts here just like he owns a place. It's great. Okay. We love it. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, keep an eye on that one, and it'll be good to see um, your thoughts on that later on. But Showtime, Sean Porter. Thanks for stopping by the Punch Podcast. The Portaway Pod on Instagram, YouTube, go watch it. I've seen you've uh, just ramped up your set. Looks amazing. Yeah, looks man. Um, we're doing great. We we are doing live shows all week. Um, uh, clear, or, um, New York time. We'll be live at uh, 4 p.m. tomorrow, uh, Eastern Standard Time, with Sway, yep. a big radio uh, personality out here. And then we'll be live... Uh, 
at the press conference. I'm doing the press conference show for Fox, so I won't be there, but my guy will be holding it down. We'll be there uh, 4 p.m. tomorrow, uh, Eastern Standard Time, and then once again, 10 a.m. Uh, Friday. And then we got to – have you seen any of our uh, barbershop shows? Yeah, the ones where you all sit we around. Do a, yeah, we yeah. do a live barbershop pre-fight show, yeah. and we're doing that Saturday. We just kind of sit around, kick the shit with uh, with everybody, and talk about whatever. Usually we, we circle around the boxing at some point, but I think the main thing for that, when, and we'll definitely love to do it if we have an opportunity to come over to Australia at some point, but just like to show people what goes on in the barbershops and how – all of these shops are a little different, but a lot the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've we've done it in LA, we've done it here in Vegas, and we've also done it in New York. So this will be our our uh, second time in New York, and it'll be fun. So just want everybody to tune in and enjoy the shows. And I've also got a little bit of envy because you've got uh, merch for your podcast. I can see you're wearing it there. I don't have that yet, so maybe I need to invest. Portawaypodcast.com. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There you go. Showtime, yeah. Sean Porter. You are a legend. We look forward to hopefully getting you back on one day because it's been fun. Holler at me, man. We'll, we'll make it happen. Just holler at Jet. Done. We'll see you soon. Take care, my man. We'll talk later. Make sure you do check out his podcast as well, the Portaway Podcast. It is on Spotify and Apple and all the podcast platforms however it is on youtube as well they do a great job filming it him and his buddies and uh, i really really like it they get into some good stuff and what's better than hearing it a from me because it's my podcast here but a two times world champ he does a great job and uh, as you heard in this episode a ripper guy showtime sean p sean with a w showtime sean p on instagram is his handle so jump on give him a follow follow the pot away podcast and uh, look i'll keep you up to date with fight week i'm going to be heading to cambosis v haney as well so uh, hopefully i can get you guys something from there as well and we're checking in with someone from matchroom boxing in the next episode if he goes for another run i'm chasing him down the street eddie hearn on tomorrow got postponed a day but i'm cool with that the Big Cheese wants to come on the Punch podcast and hang out. I'll take that. So he is on tomorrow, all right? So uh, keep it right here. We'll give you the full Paro Jarvis preview. Eddie Hearn next here on the Punch podcast. And uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs>